Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we are here today. We're going to talk NBA Draft Combine, Casey's specialty. He told me he just finished watching the scrimmages of our boys, Trevion Williams and Jaden Ivey. So he Wrong. should be ready and prepared. Is that right, Casey? Only one of them played. Well, okay. Well, we'll get into that part <laughs> of it anyway. Um, but before we start... Um, I'm not sure if you followed the online controversy of Purdue baseball uh, this weekend. Did you see anything about this other than what was sent in our group chat? Just what was sent in our group chat. Okay, so uh, for those who have no idea what I'm referencing here, uh, the Big Ten tournament for baseball, only I believe the top eight teams in the conference get into the tournament. So uh, not all 14 teams qualify. So Purdue... Uh, was sitting in, I believe, eighth spot or seventh spot, whatever. They were they were near the bottom, but they were close to getting in. And the only way they could get kicked out is if they lost and, like, a couple other things happened. Well, Nebraska was fighting to get that last spot, um, but Purdue and Maryland were supposed to play. It was the uh, uh, senior night game, alumni game, so, you know, all these players and their families were, were excited to get recognized. And because of weather in West Lafayette and apparently – uh, Maryland had to be on the road or at the airport by five. They had a strict curfew uh, of making their flight to get back to to Maryland. Uh, because of that and the weather, the game was canceled, meaning that Nebraska could not make it into the Big Ten tournament and Purdue made it in uh, because they could not lose their spot. Uh, well, this made Nebraska fans hashtag mad online. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, it was so embarrassing. So embarrassing. I'm shocked that a Cornhusker was whining. No, so this leads into my question. What is wrong with Nebraska fans? Um, like, I, I think every, it's... Every time something goes wrong, it's always everyone else's fault. They're always, you know, everyone is always against them. They've got this just absolute martyr complex. And I, I don't know what is going on, but they are some of the worst fans to deal with. Uh, if you've ever been on the throes of the internet, you know, the brother from, uh, damn it just left my mind. The, uh, the movie with the dancing redhead, the awkward the movie dude with the dancing redhead. Yeah. Uh, Napoleon dynamite. Oh, he's a blonde, but okay. Yeah. Was he Napoleon Not dynamite? Yes. Yeah. But you know, his brother, the, uh, peaked in high school, uh, oh, you, weirdo uh, uncle Rico. Yeah. Um, it's just a bunch of uncle Rico's. Unhappy that it's not 1988 anymore and the uh, Eric Crouch wishbone isn't the best play in college <laughs> right. college football anymore. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does really it does really seem like they're just stuck. Like they froze in 1992 or whatever year uh, Nebraska won the national title last, and they've never they've never grown, they've never progressed from that, and they're just so mad all the time about everything. Big mad. Yeah, it's kind of funny because. <laughs> The idea that they wouldn't do it in the reverse, like, oh, if you don't play this game, the, the other team has the complication, not us. And if you don't play, you're in for sure. If you do play, you might be out. Mm-mm. Just seems common sense. Don't play. Yeah, and, and, and it reminds me of the, the end of the NFL regular season where um, both teams would have made the playoffs if they would have agreed to just, like, do nothing but tie. Knee. They yeah, almost nothing did but kneels. Yeah, it was very close. It, didn't it go into overtime or, like... Correct. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, not, so yeah. that was. Yeah. Someone won the last second field goal. Yeah, yeah, that's it. 
Yeah, so I mean, Nebraska hasn't won a national title in football since '97, and, and their their fans still act like it is, in fact, 1997. Um, which is such a shame because for a while there, when they had Miles uh, as their coach um, for the basketball team, I kind of liked Nebraska because Tim Miles, uh, I think, was a very likable head basketball coach and like he knew what he had you know he he wasn't gonna be winning a whole bunch of uh, national titles with nebraska basketball but he was out there having fun he was always a really good interview and you know he made me want to like nebraska basketball um and then of course he he didn't win enough games and he was let go and apparently is now the head coach at st joe's or st john's um somewhere not st john's no what is this? Maybe. Oh, San Jose State. Mm. I just saw SJ. The, the Sharks. Uh, yes. No, it's San Jose. It says the Spartan. Hmm. What am I thinking of that San Jose and Sharks? Isn't that the hockey team? Ah, hockey. Yeah. That great sport. Um. So. I we made a mistake, right? Like, why is Nebraska in the in the conference still? Should, I mean, at some point, we should have been like, mm, do over. I mean the. I, I think the theory behind it, of course, is they're a traditional football power. They're an extremely popular brand nationwide, or at least they were, less so now. And you're expanding westward, hoping to continue to add in more subscribers uh, to your cable package. But I, I don't know how much they've actually delivered value-wise to the You don't know how the Omaha push worked? Yeah, yeah. I It seems – I guess – it's just old generation, but it's weird to think of like, oh, we need TV districts. Got to yeah. gotta break into the yeah. TV market in New York with the Rutgers. Yeah, well, it's so weird because, I mean, the, the Big Ten Network started in, what was it, 2008 or 2007. And at that point, it was such a huge deal because they, they weren't on every cable package and you had to switch um, cable providers, really, if you wanted to get it on kickoff. Um, so my roommates and I at the time, we did. I mean, we switched our cable provider, <laughs> provider in order to get the Big Ten Network. So we were watching on day one, and we saw that Michigan-Appalachian State game um, where, of course, Michigan State lost – or Michigan lost. And, I mean, from that point on, you know, it's just been Big Ten Network basically all the time. And now, you know, Texas tried to do the Longhorn Network, the SEC Network. Both of those have really been horrible failures. Um, Was it? The, didn't didn't Longhorn Network make them a lot of money? I mean, I think that's all they care about. I guess, but like, it it didn't really change the brand of Texas, and I think ultimately didn't it get um, purchased by ESPN or folded into ESPN at this point? I think so, but so I mean, it's that, not like it survived. But the whole cable apparatus didn't like survive. Right. Exactly. We did all so, this I mean, stuff, and then you know, streaming became popular. Like, you could literally just order every. I mean, we're going. What next season NFL games are going to be on Amazon now? Yeah, and at some point, if Amazon wins, night, if Amazon wins more, their their attempt will be you can buy a team package the well, same the, way the, you buy like season episodes. Yeah, the rumor is that Apple actually has already won the bidding war for uh, the direct Apple, ticket or go. direct TV package uh, Sunday ticket, but they just haven't announced it yet because you know how secretive Apple is. But it, it'll be interesting. I mean, if the Big Ten Network came around. Instead of 2007, if it came around in 2017, just 10 years later, I'm not sure if it would even be a television channel, if it would just be, you know, a, a subscription service. Um, do you think they're going to, like, automatically download Dallas games 
on our phone, just like a YouTube album. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole because Cowboys are the U two uh, of NFL how teams, to right? How an atomic bomb? Yeah. Um, similar, I would say. Yeah. I mean, in theory, there's a bunch of fans and they were successful, but no one gives a shit about them. Well, there's a very specific hardcore group of fans, mm-hmm. um, and then after that, a lot of people hate them or are indifferent to them. So yeah, that's I think that's a pretty apt comparison. So. Uh, Nebraska continues to be strange uh, in the Big Ten, one of our least liked fan bases. And, you know, I'm specifically. We don't feel looking... bad at all, right? Just. Oh, no, I, I no. don't care. Mm-mm. No, I mean, the weather said it was going to rain. If there's a lightning strike, you have to stop the game for 30 minutes. And if you keep doing that, and, you know, Mar- Maryland has to be on the road or at the airport, one of the two, by five, you know, what are you going to do? 65 is crazy, guys. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. You cannot depend on 65. I, I know no one drives in Nebraska, so you don't have people on the road. You don't have to worry about that. But in real metropolises, you got to worry about traffic. Right, yeah. So, you know, Purdue heads to the Big Ten Tournament in baseball. Uh, Nebraska heads home to cry, and it's a good day. <laughs> so there we go. Um, we're going to take a break, come back, look at the NBA Draft Combine, and Casey is going to educate me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. So, as promised, Casey is going to talk to me and kind of school me and you, the listener, on the NBA Draft Combine. Um, Of course, Trevion Williams and Jaden Ivey both invited to the NBA Draft Combine. I think probably first time maybe ever. No. Or or at least maybe since Etwan. As Etwan and Jawan both got invited. That that two players from Purdue have been there at the same time. But um, it seems to me, I mean – Jaden Ivey, of course, has a lot less to prove, widely considered to be a, a top five or top six pick in the draft. Um, you know, So if you're Jaden Ivey, do you even do anything other than talk to people nope. at this event? Nope, and he did not. Yeah. None, of, none of the top guys sense. did. doesn't make any sense to go out there and play five on five or do shooting nope. drills or anything because you could, one, you could look bad, uh, or two, God forbid, you go out there and play five on five, you hurt your knee. Um, I mean, we don't say that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a possibility and it could cost the young man millions of dollars. So uh, he made the smart decision and just sat out. Um, Casey, did we learn anything about kind of where he's going to go? I mean, I know the draft lottery just took place. Do we have any insight into where he might land or what teams might be looking at him at this point? Well, I mean, I, I think it's it's interesting enough to note how the lottery went. Um, yeah, go ahead. Orlando Magic got the first pick after being one of the worst teams for a long time. Uh, they took a guard with their first selection last year, Jalen Suggs. I believe it was the third pick. Oklahoma City Thunder, second pick. Houston Rockets, third pick. Um, I, I will say right now, Oklahoma City would be... Uh, it seems like the top three. For a little while, Jay Nivey had been breaking into the top three discussion like... Actually, you know what, guys? This is the best athlete in the class, and he's a guard. So maybe we want him. But right now, it really seems to have settled. Chet Holgram, uh, Jabari Smith, and Paolo Bancaro really seem to be stepping up as the top three, and they will go in some order to those three teams. Okay. Um, the one, 
there's two spots I don't want Ivy to end up in. Houston Rockets, just because it's a weird team with a bunch of guards that shoot already. And Sacramento Kings, because they're the Sacramento Kings. Kings have the fourth pick. So that's when Jaden Ivey starts to be in discussion. Right now, it seems like he's been slipping more to the 5-6 range. But there is talk. Uh, Keegan Murray, uh, Purdue fans will be familiar. The Iowa big man who's you know 6'9", 6'10", can shoot all over the place. He's starting to look like a good mix, possibly at the five uh, spot for Detroit Pistons. Indiana Pacers have picked number six. I can't imagine he goes past the Pacers. They, um, Tyrese Halliburton is a big combo guard, uh, a good playmaker, good athletic, um, efficient scorer. And they need, they need athletes and they need big time scores. And if it's an in-state guy, I can't imagine the Pacers would let him fall past that. Cause past that you got Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio, Washington, Knicks, Oklahoma city, thunder again, Charlotte Hornets, Cleveland Cavaliers. After six, I can't imagine Ivy gets past any of them, but I really don't see how he falls past the six. I don't. So you think it, it almost sounds like it's setting up for him to go to the Pacers? I think. Because, I mean, if, if I'm following your logic, the top three picks are pretty much set. Those are set, um, and Sacramento, in theory, has a lead guard in De'Aaron Fox, who they paid a lot of money to, who they traded away Halliburton to the Pacers, mostly to clear up backcourt space um, because their high pack. High pick last year was the guard from Baylor, and they've already got Buddy Heald there, and they need a big man, but they also just need talent and scoring. So you can't rule them out, especially if Ivy if Ivy steps into his like a tier on his own, then you have to worry about him going there. Detroit's interesting. They had Cade Cunningham first pick last year, who is a big ball in his hand playmaking six eight wing, and if you can match that with a with a point guard who's not really a point guard but who can take over some of that playmaking um athletic in theory if you believe in Jaden ivy's jump shot which suffered down the stretch last year but looked good to start uh he would be a dynamic player to put on a team that plays pretty tough with good athleticism so i i i'm feeling like five six is probably where he goes i definitely don't think he will leak past pacers who need playmaking all over so really it could be a matter of murray versus ivy once again yeah, yeah, it and really who, might. Who do you choose? Who do you think fits better with your team? Um, and so that that would be pretty interesting considering how they played against each other uh, throughout the year. And that, so it's kind of funny that they, they find themselves in similar spots once again. Yeah, and it's going to be, even if they grade out as similar um, prospects, it's just what what does your team value? Because yeah, yeah. Keegan Murray offers a, like, he's 6'10", 6'11". We, we watched him. He plays on the perimeter well. He yeah. handles the ball well. He defended down low pretty well. Good defender. And he can stroke it. Like, he is going to walk into a role and score 15 to 20 points as soon as he's an NBA player. There's there's no questioning how he fits. Like, that is an easy thing to put. With Ivy, you're going to have to nurture him a little bit, give him some leeway, let him develop. I think Keegan Murray, obviously, you always have stuff to work on, but it's so easy to just picture him in an NBA offense with that kind of spacing, with his size, with his defense. So I think it definitely comes down to what what a team values. Ivy's the home run hit, but it's also going to take a couple of years. Yeah, well, and sometimes you're not trying for a home run. Sometimes you need a guy who can, you know, hit for an average, um, consistently drive in some runs. So that's the question you got to ask. So moving on from Jaden Ivy, Trevion Williams, of course, the other Purdue player invited to the Combine, and he's a guy who really could, um, you know, 
ha- he really has a good opportunity in front of him at this combine. Um, he could really show some things to the GMs and coaches who are there, maybe show them he's a little more athletic than they think, and he could really see himself go up draft boards um, if he does well at the Combine. So, Casey, I know you said you watched some of the scrimmages. Uh, what did we learn about Trevion Williams that maybe we didn't already know or that NBA, G- NBA GMs might uh, be interested in? Well, that's kind of the thing. Nothing. Uh, nothing we, we didn't know already. Because we'll talk about, we'll kind of break it down in stats first. So overall, his stat line, um, he played in two scrimmages. Uh, once again, shout out to Kenny Lofton Jr., the fattest basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the U19 team with uh, Jaden Ivey and Caleb Furtz in the summer. And he's just this weird 6'8", Barkley-looking bully down low, left-handed. He's delightful. Not Kenny Lofton Jr.'s uh, son. But Trey was on his team. Uh, 18 minutes in the first scrimmage, 14 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, one steal, one block. Sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, that sounds very good. He was five of 13 from the floor. Don't love that. One of three from three. I don't love that. And the turnovers are not mentioned here. Um, pretty sure he had three or four. He tried a behind the back post pass, which I think we've all seen. Yes. (laughs) That sounds exactly like something I've seen a time or two. Um, his next game he played on Friday, he played 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Four points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, two blocks. Okay. First of all, conditioning wise, uh, it is a nightmare to play in the same way the U19s are, same way uh, a lot of these scrimmages are, because there's not offense. You're not running sets. There's no offense. So it, the, the best way to score is guards grab the ball on a rebound and then just sprint up the floor. It's Fast break, fast break, fast break. Everyone's sprinting back. Um, Big guys are not giving the ball very much. This is a guard showcase. And Trevion, physically, endurance-wise, looked really good. He kept up with it, was, you know, moving up and down the floor well. And I think the one thing you saw is his ability to grab the ball, rebound, push forward, and pass. Five assists, eight assists, and he didn't get the ball a ton. So when he had the ball in his hand, he was making good things happen. That is a positive. That is his number one positive, probably, that offensively he can really operate with space. But we're talking about a guy who went 6-24 against college athlete, soon-to-be prospects. Not not your top-end talent and not the size you're going to see in the NBA. So it, it's concerning that he's not an efficient scorer to go with. Also, he struggled defensively, as you would expect. Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, it doesn't sound like there's anything that we as Purdue fans who've, you know, watched him for four years didn't know or didn't expect. But if you're an NBA GM and you've only seen flashes of him or you've seen highlights, you maybe watched a game or two in the NCAA tournament. Do you think this was good for Trevion Williams or bad for Trevion Williams? Yeah, pretty much everything. He has been listed on all like who really showed out and helped themselves in the scrimmage. You see his name pop up a lot. I think his fluidity and comfortableness with the ball in his hand for a big man Really special. Uh, he moves around in the paint well. He he does a good job moving to get passing angles. Um, I, I mean, I think one of our favorite plays the last four years has been his, you know, one side of the post making the pass all the way across to the other corner. Had a couple of those. He anticipates well. And his ability to, when he does have space, uh, he has pretty good handle for a big man. Uh, pretty shifty. I think that helps. But when you watch him play, one of, one of the guys that always comes to mind is Draymond Green on offense who kind of operates by being smart, big, can move with the ball, quicker than you expect, strong, and a really good passer. Trevion, in theory, can hit most of those marks, but Draymond Green's only Draymond Green because he's 
doing that while being the best defensive player in the NBA. And when you watch him play, he just he doesn't get in position well. He's not a, like a leaper. Uh, he gets blown by. He's not someone at the rim that's going to stop you. So it's just like you're not. He's going to be coming off the bench in the NBA at best if he's playing. Are you? You're not going to run the offense through him. So how valuable really is he? Because you're not going to put the ball in his hands, and then he's weaker everywhere else on the floor. Yeah. So I mean, where do you see him going in the draft? I mean, I know most draft boards have him probably mid to late second round. Is that right? Yeah. I I I I really don't know. Um, maybe a team that values spacing and off ball movement, uh, but it just doesn't. He's not really a high ceiling pick, so it it would be kind of weird for. I don't, he would look good in like an offense like Golden State where they're running the ball, hand, dribble handoffs, back cuts, whole bunch of stuff like that. He's not a great pick and roll player. He he did look a little better uh, in the scrimmage. He really looked to be cutting hard, and then when he got the ball at the top of the key, he was good with it. it that's kind of the problem. I don't know where he fits in. If because his liability on defense, he's going to get attacked on defensive end. And is he? He might be a player that a good team is looking to just add, I think he will be better the more talent around him, particularly shooting that he can find. So perhaps a team like, I don't, I don't know, Dallas, uh, Golden State, uh, Portland has a lot of playmaker or shot makers. So I don't, he seems like more of an undrafted guy to me that would get an invite into a camp that a team wants. Really? But you think he could go undrafted? I think it's certainly a possibility. Um, I, I don't, I just, there's not many big men who aren't good defensive players that are that inefficient scoring that get many minutes in the NBA. Maybe I'm wrong. I, 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 I don't have a good feel for any, any particular team that would be like, yes, this is what we need. Yeah. I mean, I get it. He, he's a bit of a, an odd player for the NBA, because as you said, he's not a dominant defender, which is really a lot of the times what you're going to need. So he is going to, uh, he's got his work cut out for him. But as you said, if, if he's showing up on these, uh, write-ups and boards as someone who really improved their stock in the combine maybe that signals that he could wind up on a good team and you know if, if he does go late second round sometimes that can be the best place for a guy to get drafted because they find themselves on a good team you know you're not expected to do a ton you're going to wind up on a team that already has players in place pieces in place and you can maybe slide in and find a little niche and maybe that's what would be the best for trevion so um when is the when is the nba draft casey I don't know. Summer. Oh man, you killing Summer. me. Summer. There you go. I so <laughs> really, I mean, we won't know much until it looks like June twenty third, twenty twenty two. There you go. Uh, that's the NBA draft date. So just about one would be one month away from when this posts. So uh, when that happens, we'll obviously give you all an update on where Ivy and Trevion head. Uh, but for now, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, we will chat with you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Boiler up.